0: This is the intro song for my asshole brain. <laughs> so, uh, one of the things is uh, childhood trauma does seem to appear a lot in childhood, or I'm sorry, in um, it is something that appears a lot in shooters, mass shooters, uh, such as parental death or suicide, abuse, neglect, and extreme bullying and the thing with this is that they are precursors to mental health issues so again people want to scapegoat mental health but um these are a it's a specific type of trauma that can cause other issues later on if not treated so again there are a lot of people have mental illness who haven't faced these traumas or who have faced these traumas that are not violent i cannot stress that enough but there are people again
1: that's you know you run into that nurture versus nature argument
0: right and so when you've had a shit childhood sometimes it Kind of breaks you in a way that makes right. your things difficult in the future. But this is a, of these things combined. It's not just one of these things that triggers it. Um, it tends to be more than one. And even people who have all of these don't turn into mass shooters. Yeah. So it's not a perfect formula. It doesn't mean that if you have all these things that then yeah, you go. Yeah, there, a there bunch is of
1: no quiz with check boxes.
0: No, <laughs> and I know, and I understand our tendency is to try to understand something because we think if we can understand it, we can prevent it. Yeah. So we look at this, we say, okay, what do all these people have in common? What can we identify so that if we see someone else with these different with these boxes checked, we can help them right. to prevent this from happening. That's not a bad plan, but we also have it's to It's not foolproof. Right, it's not foolproof and people can have all of these things and still turn out to be perfectly yeah. decent people who don't kill anyone. Uh, the other one was that many of them have reached a point of crisis shortly before the event. So there was something that triggered no pun intended, the the event that occurred.
1: Well, and seeing that on there made me think, I didn't, and the research I did, I didn't see anything about family annihilators, which I would assume might qualify as a mass shooting, because that tends to be... I would And think
0: it's pretty freaking close. And
1: that is one of those things they say that frequently that is... Yeah. what causes it and it's usually uh, money i'm gonna say usually it's usually a finance thing yeah. like they lost a, a job yeah and you know there's impending foreclosure loss yep. of home mm-hmm. or the spouse threatened or told them they were separating divorcing things yep. like that and that just crossed my mind when i saw that you know and like i said it just occurred to me i didn't see anything about family annihilators and the stuff i read which i'll have to look at after we do the podcast because now i'm a little curious
0: yeah, and I've heard those discussions before in different things that I've listened to, yeah. um, different podcasts that have talked about different people who are considered family annihilators and th- the fucked up thing about that is it really all comes down to pride. Like their reputation, they right. want to maintain a certain appearance and then something. They don't want to disappoint. Right, you know, and so yeah. something has but happened. But yeah, it's
1: usually, you know, it's them and less internalize it that they're protecting and saving their yeah. family. From shame. Yeah, yeah. When really it's them trying it's to their save own their
0: own ego pride. Yeah. Right. I just can't imagine that anyone would rather be murdered than have to deal with them losing their house or going through bankruptcy. I mean, I mean yeah, not that shit—that
1: to... shit would be fucking <laughs> awful, especially if you came from a place of
0: great wealth, wealth or yeah. privilege. But in status,
1: I still feel like, by and large, if you pulled the other members of your family, they'd all kind of be like,
0: eh, "We'll get I through it." We'd with the like embarrassment. Through. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the key word being live.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been through some, there was a period of time when I went through some pretty hefty financial straits. And I know at no point when I was, let, did I ever consider killing myself and my kids to... <laughs> to keep to make things easier. Yeah. yeah. I don't want you guys to be ashamed that mommy can't get a credit card right now because yeah. my credit's so shitty and I have to pay for everything out of pocket. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Yeah, no. Another thing is that they have studied other shooters and events... And one of the things that I saw, which I think is really interesting, the terminology, is that shootings are socially contagious. Contagious. And many of the shooters are radicalized online. And the internet has a clear connection with 24-hour exposure to news and access to extremists. So that means that people who are already struggling or angry, who have been triggered by a recent event and want to lash out, they can find like-minded people on the internet who are going to commiserate with them and yeah. support them and encourage yeah. them. Which is why, what was it, uh, 8chan was shut down? 4chan. Okay. Well, 4chan was, but then there's 8chan. I didn't even know that there was yes. an 8. Because <laughs> I had always heard of... My God! <laughs> I had always I, I had always heard of 4chan, but mm. then I saw 8chan more recently. They're talking about, like, they've pulled it so people can Because they saw Jeez. it as... As uh again a place where so people be on with the 16 out is, for
1: 16 chan. <laughs>
0: it's just gonna keep going and going right. and going. And actually the the creator of it even said that it was not a great thing that he created. He did yeah. a an entire thing, yeah, shut down the site says the creator of 8 chan because he saw that it had become a place was that was toxic, unhealthy, yeah. yeah, and toxic. I would like to do an episode about incels, and I know I've mentioned them before, but that's actually a lot of this this stuff that you see. Yeah, and the
1: one that's, you know, the last, I would say heavily, I feel like the last year, year and a half, that has been a big focus talking about the mass shooters and the toxic masculinity, the incel thing. The, I can't remember There was which. a
0: guy in Canada who drove a car into a bunch of people, and he said he wanted to take out a bunch of women because, well, there was a guy, I think it was, like, San something in California that had shot people because they'd been rejected, but there was somebody else who drove a car, I think, in Canada. I was going to say, there people.
1: was one in, the like, the last year or two where the guy, it was specifically related to a woman that had rejected
0: him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: actually, I think there's been more than one. I think There've so been too.
0: A yeah, I think both. I think one of them that you're talking about was probably one that I remember as well, and then there was another yeah. as well. So that the, that's another topic. Yeah, and the
1: <laughs> the socially contagious part. They even talk about that with uh, with suicides yeah. that they see an an uptick in them after it's happened.
0: Um, and been covered a lot. Yeah, been
1: you know focused on discussed. Right,
0: and we touched before on whether or not media has a role in this or not. Um, There are people who say that there needs to be more responsibility, which when we talk about prevention, we can discuss a little bit more. But I also saw, uh, when I was doing my research, I saw others that said that actually they're not, like, it's not necessarily a direct correlation between media coverage, but... So that, I think that's another one that's very complicated. Like, how much of a role does it play? Because I had, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, there had been an article where I had seen, and I made notes about it somewhere, and I have no idea where I put them, because this was three or four years ago. But I just thought it was so fascinating. Because it was, I think, a journalist or a professor, I can't remember one of the two, was talking about, we need to approach these types of things differently. And as I had mentioned, we need to stop saying the shooters names there's an entire organization that is called don't name them that is centered around not making these people infamous because if you know if they've studied other shooters and events and they've seen that the fame that these people have gotten and the infamy well
1: think about you know i I don't think it's anything that's happened in even probably the last five or six years because that has been something that they've moved away from but for a while they're People ended up on the cover of, like, Time and things like Like, I mean, literally. It was would, the
0: Boston Bomber was on the cover okay, of Time. Okay,
1: yeah. Like, you would see a magazine cover, and literally it would be one person's face, and it would be that person, you know. Yeah,
0: the and, one who committed the crime. Not yeah, the
1: and, yeah, I'm going to say, and the that's been the big thing. Don't name them, but the other on the flip side, name them. Name the victims. Yes. Say their names, and that's been, they, not just in the mass shootings, but various other, you know. The cop-related shootings and things like that. Like, don't focus on the perpetrators. Like, yes, they're a problem. Focus on the people that were affected. Focus on their lives. Focus because on their names because they're the important part of this, and they're also the people who we should be working towards honoring yes. and changing things to honor their memory. Yeah, and to we make sure be it doesn't happen to other people.
0: We should be inspired by the tragedy that happened to them to, to protect people in the right. future. Yeah, so they're the ones that deserve the recognition. Right. And so, yeah, that's definitely a move that people have, have taken into consideration. There were other things as well, as I had mentioned, in terms of, like, what they should and shouldn't show. Yeah. Uh, and I could not for the life of me find the article, but I remember just thinking that it was, like, such good advice, and I, of course, I don't think it's being followed. Well, and talking anyone. about, you know,
1: what should or shouldn't be shown, and, of course, it's Facebook, and all kinds of things show up on Facebook. Um, regardless of whether or not, you know... Which is
0: why I hate Facebook. Right. Whether it's
1: sanctioned or not. And I've actually noticed a couple of times now people have talked about where there have been, like, problems with Facebook or Instagram where there's been problems all day and it's not loading right. Mm -hmm. And both times that I can think of it recently was right after some kind of a a pretty major shooting or violent crime. Mm -hmm. And both times I've gotten the impression that that was because somebody related to the companies was going through and trying to wipe media people posting videos and things i don't know if that's actually correct but it's a correlation you know that i've noticed twice but what i was gonna say following the shooting in dayton i had seen within the first probably 24 hours some pictures and one of the ones i saw was a cop holding a like a gun standing mm -hmm. by the entrance of ned pepper's And I didn't realize what or who it was until a couple days later when I heard something on the news and saw a picture of the shooter and it clicked. It was a picture of the shooter on the ground, already dead. Oh. And his hands, like, his hands were cuffed behind him, so, which obviously happened after he was taken down.
0: Why would they cuff someone after they're... Just in I, case? I, I think
1: it was one of those. They're like
0: a movie villain, and they arrive. I think it's the, one. Like, I think Michael that's Meyers. maybe you
1: know standard procedure kind okay. of thing, in okay. case. But it didn't occur to me until a day or two later, and I had seen that picture, and after I realized what I'd seen, and because at first I thought it was, at first I honestly I thought it was someone that had been shot, okay. but that wasn't dead.
0: So someone who had been injured. Yeah.
1: And then I saw it one other time. And when I saw it, and like I, like I said, I had seen a picture of the shooter wearing a similar outfit. Like a top. And that was when it clicked. And I was like, mm. that was 100% unintentional. Like, I saw that just scrolling through Facebook. Well,
0: when, when and I was... would have preferred not, not to see it. And it
1: wasn't even a particularly violent picture. But it's There was still no violent, like, blood or anything like that. But it was still just one of those...
0: Oh. But that shit leads to desensitization, which we'll talk about exactly. in This may end up being a two-part episode because we're at an hour already, and we haven't even talked yeah, about prevention more. and gun ownership in the culture of violence. So I have a feeling that this will end up being broken into two different conversations because this is such a complicated yeah, issue. it's
1: not a quick,
0: well, we talked about this for 15 minutes. No. We're all done now. And to do respect to the complicated nature of the issue, we really do have you to talk have cut about it all short, these things. Yeah. And you had even said before we started recording that someone who had worked at one of the bars where the shooting took place and who had been injured had mentioned that she had seen videos of herself getting shot. Right. I've not seen any videos. When we were talking and I was trying to pull up in, um, just the stats because I wanted to make sure that I had the correct number of people who had been killed and injured. Yeah. There are videos and, and a variety, and I haven't seen any of them. The only image that I have seen is of the pile of tennis shoes on the road. Yeah. After, like in the morning.
1: And I saw some videos. Um, there were, I think there were two different ones of people that were like crowded in a, like a doorway or stairwell. And after the fact, someone said that the one place was like an Airbnb that's in Oregon district mm-hmm. that has a like one of those like nest video camera things yeah. there. So there's no audio on it, but you can see but you, have you to- can see people huddled up in the thing and just a little like very small sliver of movement outside of that. So it's very obvious that there's there's, something there's happening. that there's chaos going yeah. out. I generally try to avoid seeing that stuff and you know, and there are people that will and Facebook tends to be good on some of the stuff about posting yeah and blanking it out and telling you, you know, this is a graphic image, and it gives you the option, like you can go ahead and click it. Which part of me wants to be like, if you feel you should block it on the scanning, don't let it be on there at all. But you know, right, just freedom way. of media, blah 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 whatever. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, <laughs> that troubles me as well. That it's not even just media that's posting stuff. I'm troubled by the fact that there are people even stopping to take videos of this. Honestly, like you're in the middle of like in this. Terrifying situation in your recording, and I just don't under this whole thing. Well, and that's what I don't. This voyeuristic nature to her culture, I don't understand. Yeah. And I've I remember seeing something where they talked about how I think it was a movie where someone was criticizing somebody else for always like filming things and they said it allows you to be detached from reality and so maybe that's it like maybe Wait, if because you're filming looking it,
1: at something through a lens right instead of you know through your, it's like when you go to a concert like are you paying attention to the concert or are you looking right. at it through your
0: phone right? are you experiencing it or are you record so i guess yeah because it's, it's literally a, a difference are you
1: experiencing it or are you watching it because right. if you're recording it you're essentially watching it
0: and it's not the same thing. Right. And so maybe it allows them to cope because they feel like they they are not a part of it, that they're a, a yeah. watcher, not a participant, and yeah. that makes them feel better. All I know is... If I'm running for my fucking life, my my, my inclination is to not pull out my fucking camera and start recording. And to
1: to be fair, like, some of the stuff I've seen, I don't know if it actually was off of, like, cell phones or things because I know there are cameras and stuff in the Oregon District. So it is possible the stuff came from that. But there are other incidents like this where that is what people do, where they pull out a phone and, you know, record. And, yeah, I don't know that that would be... I don't understand. I mean, maybe if I was hiding, you know... Out and under a table, and you know, like,
0: I don't maybe, but I I would be texting my loved ones. Yeah, I'm gonna say,
1: I just don't think that would be my initial thought. Like, live streaming it on Facebook. I would be calling
0: my husband, I'd be calling my children, I'd be texting people. Like, my last moments aren't gonna be to record a fucking video to post online, they're gonna be telling people I love them because I think I'm gonna die. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. I don't understand it. It's yeah. And that troubles me, to be quite honest. Like, this whole voyeuristic nature of, like, and the idea that everything has to be recorded and everything has to be posted. Yeah. No! It fucking doesn't. You can live your life without having it recorded and put out there for posterity. Like, there's something very shallow and distancing about that that I find troubling.
1: And I could see it if it was, you know, someone and they were in a a vantage point where they had a good view on what was actually happening, or on the, sh- like, you know, for,
0: but it's I, still, there's for, something really sick about recording yeah. the murder of other people, like, just standing yeah. and watching me, like, shit, I gotta get this on video, why, yeah. why do you need, why do people need to see that over, and over, and over, yeah. and over, and over, and why do you need to be the one recording it? Yeah. Like I said, if, if
1: you thought you had a good vantage point, and you thought, you know, this could help after I'm gone kind of thing. Okay, if the shooter's going
0: to get away and you want to get a picture of what they look like so they can be identified. But I don't think that's what people are going for in nine times. They're like, this is going to go viral. Yeah, I'm going to post this or I'm going to sell it. I I, I am highly disturbed by that. Uh, But uh, the last commonality is that they had a means to carry out their plans as well. So not only have they studied other shooters and events, and honestly the video recording that we've just been talking about, that's the kind of stuff that enables them to study it. 80% 80% of school shooters got weapons from family members. Workplace shooters tend to use guns they legally own, but other public shooters tend to acquire guns illegally. Yeah. So in terms of changing gun laws, if most people are acquiring them illegally, then it doesn't really matter yeah. if you change the gun laws because they're still going to fucking get them.
1: One, well, uh, the the Dayton shooter, I know uh, a friend of his was arrested, was it probably two weeks ago? And because he had apparently helped obtain some of the guns. But I had heard something on the news, and again, I haven't heard about it since because I haven't watched a lot of the coverage, so I don't know what came of it. But there was something to the effect of... He had bought a gun online through, like, Texas. Yeah. And it was basically like he was able to do that and bypass something, but then was able to have it shipped here to another gun seller.
0: Yeah. So Yeah, there are loopholes.
1: Exactly. And so it's, you know, it's one of those... Is it actually you know? Are they actually obtaining them completely illegally, or you know, with the loophole? So yeah, I mean, there's
0: and there's gun shows and stuff like that that are right. castings as well. There was, and yeah, like,
1: and there's been a lot of like the the school shootings. I can't remember which one it was. It's been a while now, but the it was a kid, and, you know, a teenager, and everything he had he had obtained from I think a grandfather.
0: Well, the Sandy Hook shooter, he got it from his mom, I think. Yeah. He took yeah. her weapons. He killed her. And he yeah, took because her guns. all of
1: them were le- and the, all and of them were legally, legally owned. Yeah. They were
0: all hers. Right. So you could say, well, maybe if she hadn't had them, but again, he stole them from someone. That's why it so complicated. So you see outlaw guns. It's like, well, okay, but I mean, if people are going to get them illegally, they're still yeah. going to get. So I understand i people say, if, say that's not going to Yeah, and day. even people getting them legally, <laughs> if
1: someone kills them, it takes... it. Yeah, yeah, it's...
0: But, the, I mean, if you have a safe and they're locked up and that other person doesn't have access to it, then they can kill you and they're still not going to have access to the right. weapon. So that's why I do think that there needs to be more attention placed on safe storage of weapons right. absolutely but if a lot of these people are getting that if they own them legally i don't know it's again it's so fucking yeah, it's... complicated so you can close one loophole another one opens and there's if somebody wants something bad enough
1: what is that when one door opens or one door closes another one open <laughs> window
0: open yeah i don't think that's what the when context... god closes a door he opens a window <laughs> yeah i don't think that's the context they were going for but that applies here When God closes a gun safe, he opens a nightstand drawer. I don't know. Oh. Oh. So let's... Okay, so eventually I do want to get to the idea of prevention, but I think that's what we should end on. I do want to talk about gun ownership and death. So that's the other thing here, too, is we want to look at in terms of does a higher correlation or a higher amount of gun ownership correlate to higher gun violence? So... The problem is it's really hard to, to know just how many guns there are in the United States. And some people have said there are more guns than there are people. But the problem is we're relying on people reporting the number of weapons that yeah. they have. And that is, of course, not entirely reliable. And gun sellers,
1: shows and things properly reporting their sales. Their, I mean,
0: right. Yeah, and and even people like that. And part of it is that... and. Uh, the number is hard to gauge because some under owners will underreport how many they own. Right. Or they may even include non working guns. So they may have like an old timey rifle from a yeah, hundred years ago that they report. That's not something yeah. that anyone well, can yeah, use Yeah, and you as a, you get people weapon. who legitimate legitimately collect, collect them right.
1: as historical. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can have ones that there's
0: no way in hell you could even get this it. This is my great to... great grandpa's gun. Right. It's, you can't use it. But yeah, there's I have literally, literally so it no counts. way. Right. So that can be problematic to, to determine just how many guns. So estimates range from 265 million to 395 million civilian-owned guns in the United States.
1: So it's not even including what's among... Officers and military. military. correct.
0: So that's between 83 and 120.5 guns per 100 people. So if you go with the higher end, yes, there are more guns than people. Because that uh, has been stated before...
1: yeah. Um, um that actually i mentioned that um with a co today and i said one of the things i saw i think said um and this is kind of based on the numbers you have sort of a midpoint what is that average there we go yeah. that's the word 90 guns per pe- per 100 people yeah and she was just absolutely baffled because you know essentially based on that it's damn near one like
0: every person, one person yeah
1: every person owns a gun and think of how many people you know that
0: But that's not how Don't own any. Right. So the thing is, when you hear that, you think, oh, a lot of people own guns. Actually, ownership is concentrated among a minority of the U.S. population. So there are that many guns, but they are owned by less than half of the people in the United States. So that means that a lot of people who own guns, they own a lot lot of guns. Yeah. (laughs) And most people, a lot of people don't have guns or they only have one. And then there's other people who have a shit ton. Yeah. Now, second to the United States, because we are the highest in gun ownership, is Yemen, and they have fifty-two point eight guns per people per one hundred people. So, which is one of the it's I, a pretty. I'm big gonna bad. have to
1: read about Yemen after because <laughs> I don't yeah. know much about it anyway.
0: I don't either. I don't know what the statistics are on yeah. gun violence. Uh, you had found a statistic that less than five percent of the world's population owns forty-two percent of it. So it's kind of like money. Like yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of hoarding. Yeah, so, so there's the, hoarding. And obviously,
1: right. know. Yeah. So the U.S. less than five percent of the world owns damn near Almost half, half
0: right. of the weapons. Yeah. Um, So the second number of gun deaths... We are the second number of gun deaths. So we are not number one. Sorry, guys. I know that people are like, go America, we're number one. But we are actually second. Happily, (laughs) we're failing on this one. Well, not failing. We're just coming in like, you know, 90%. Let's go with with failing. Of gun deaths nationwide in 2017. Brazil was actually the highest. Hmm. Um, But we are the highest in suicide by gun. Um, Which, and
1: I have... I saw something the other day that was being used more as a talking point for a person who was anti-gun control, mm-hmm. essentially, and was saying that, yeah, the number of deaths by, like, gun deaths by suicide is actually higher.
0: Well, I'm not going to lie. So, I mean, it's a pretty efficient... Way to take yourself out. So I can understand if you have access to the weapon, if you're feeling suicidal, then I can understand why people would take that route. Not that I'm condoning it, but I'm saying that I can understand if you have access to that, I can understand why people would choose that
1: Which is one of the reasons I've always been opposed to living with anyone who has a gun. I'm
0: like, "Ah, Mm. I've had questionable mental health and... You don't
1: want to be Yeah, that's not availability I want to have.
0: Yeah, well that makes sense. And the fact that you have that awareness is a good thing.
1: I'm like, I don't think I would do it. But who knows when you're in the depth of that.
0: Yeah. So Switzerland is third. And a lot of times uh, pro-gun people like to talk about Switzerland and how they have a bunch of guns, but they don't have as many mass shootings. So they point to them as being like a a, a good example of of people having a lot of guns without a lot of the violence. They have uh, 45.7 per 100 people, and they have almost no mass shootings. But they also have a different culture than we do. Right. Um, they have a philosophy of armed neutrality, which we should know Switzerland is a neutral country. They have strict licensing procedures and laws to keep people who are violent and incompetent from owning them. Imagine that. Um, now, men are also required to serve in the military. So they have weapons, but they're also trained to use them and care for them and store them responsibly. Very few people are permitted to carry their guns around, and they're also one of the healthiest and happiest countries in the world. So, again, you have, um, look at all the things that people talk about in regards to, like, mental health, um, access to guns, respect to, for yeah. guns, you know, Switzerland views guns differently, yeah. and, and they, they view mental health differently. Yeah, I'm
1: going to say, in the health, health, healthy and happy part, obviously, you know, I believe they with the way their economy is set up I, I are they one of the countries that does like a basic income like a universal income yeah i'm
0: not sure they might yeah. i think they're one of the countries though that like people have like mental health days and they have yeah. a lot of vacation so, you know, and they're very well taken the, care of the
1: the way they have their socio stuff structured
0: yes is
1: vastly different than ours i think yes. there's less discrepancy in wealth wealth mm-hmm. and you know
0: I mean, let's face it, America is not very good at taking care of its workers. We don't take a lot of vacation. We don't have a lot of off time. However, in Switzerland they do have one of the highest rates of gun violence. So they don't have as many mass shootings, but they still have a lot of oh, gun shootings. violence. So let's not pretend that Switzerland's doing it right and that they, they just they have a lot of guns but they don't have a lot of shootings. They do. They're just not mass shootings. And they also have a lot of suicides by gun as well. So there are still deaths being caused by guns in Switzerland. Yeah. They're just not mass shootings. So let's be very very clear about that. The US has nearly double the number of mass shootings than all other 24 countries um, that have uh, high ownership, or, or that I'm sorry, um, than all other 24 countries that, that have, have mass had shootings mass shootings combined in the same 30 year period. Um, what we've seen in terms of Switzerland is that restricting sales and background checks work to reduce mass shootings. Sorry, guys. And in fact, in response to the most recent shootings, President Trump was stating that he was in support of enhanced or stricter background checks. Yeah, and text. that was
1: within, like, the first three or four days after and the shooting. And
0: he has now
1: He's already started backing text. off of yeah. that about two weeks after. Yeah. Which um, was basically the same pattern he had after the Parkland shootings in okay. Florida.
0: So there's a lot of initial, yes, we need to yeah. take action, and then after things have calmed down a little bit. Which, then, I mean, you
1: and, can argue Mears that mirrors or society mirrors that, yeah. Yeah. you know, immediately after these things, there's a big...
0: An outpouring of thoughts and prayers. Yeah, and,
1: <laughs> you know, and do something, yes. which hopefully that rallying cry from our Dayton...
0: I think should continue. To yeah, hopefully yes. that
1: keeps moving, you know, that actually means something and goes somewhere. But yeah, there's that initial, you know, we have to do something that has to stop and... After a couple of days or a couple of weeks. It, wears it off. Yeah, we're
0: desensitized. We yeah. get complacent. We forget. The next yeah. thing happens. And, it, and until the next shooting. And then again, and there will be over. a resurgence and an outcry. Yeah. And then it will die off. This is the pattern that we have gotten yeah. into over and over again. Yeah. Um, the U.S. is one of only four countries um, that has a constitutional right to bear arms. Which I
1: thought was interesting because that was one of those things I never really thought about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... It's one of those, you know, we're in the U.S., you just assume like everybody has a constitution that's similar, which,
0: nope. Which is not, (laughs) yeah.
1: Which, I mean, no, when you think about it, you know, obviously, you know, that's not the case, but it's, but yeah, I was very interested to see that. Um, And the other three countries being Mexico, Haiti, and Guatemala, which, you know, U.S., Haiti, Mexico, and Guatemala are kind of a weird combination yeah
0: but apparently yes we all have that in common yeah. so yes so like everybody who like really wants to talk about mexican immigrants and you know how terrible they are we have more in common with them. <laughs> yeah, well, the, 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 i mean that crossed my mind too and i'm
1: like they're all about constitutional rights on guns, too like we should See, be bonding can over we that bond shit. with
0: these people right yeah. <laughs> there you go we can we can embrace yeah. our cultures in that way All right, so the truth of the matter is, and this is something that that I thought of as, uh, that I really wanted to look at, not that I came up with this concept, but that has also been discussed, that it's not one thing, not just that people have more guns, it's, it's, it's not just that there are mental health issues and we don't have a great system for dealing with that. We have a long history of loving violence. And, in fact, if you look at our entertainment, a lot of it is centered around violence. We like sports that are full contact. We like movies that are full of violence. We love vigilantes, right? We love the, we've talked about this before when we were talking about revenge, like revenge porn. where you yeah. have the guy who's been wrong, like John Wick. Look at John Wick. And that's what, because
1: <laughs> I finally just saw the third John Wick the other week. And, goddamn, if you thought the first two were over-the-top ridiculous. Woo-hoo. <laughs> The third one is way beyond that. I haven't Um, seen it yet. But uh, I was actually trying to look up, like, track, like, through, like, box office stuff and see. And my theory didn't track with a lot of the box office stuff because, to be honest, Marvel and Avengers type things have pretty much ruled the box office for the last, like, five years. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) And that's a different kind of violence. Um, Not the same thing. is it?
0: (laughs) Is it? Is it? They less, use less, and super yeah, I'm gonna say less
1: gun violence anyway. Um, not a lot of blood. I know, they, that they tend to not, yeah, a lot they're of really not gory. But we, um,
0: but I mean, if you look at it, we. More over the top. Yeah.
1: But uh, because that was what I was thinking, because again, I had just seen John Wick and it got me thinking about, you know, whether or not box office and movies and stuff kind of mm. tracked along with that love of violence. And I mean, even not seeing that, you still have to figure, you know, we're on John Wick 3. Yeah. So that has been a popular idea and yeah, and some of the horror movies that are super gory and
0: and I'm kind of guilty of that as well. I'm, I mean, no. I've talked about this yeah. before, but you and I also don't love stuff that's like what we call yeah. like torture porn and stuff that's a lot of I, yeah. I don't like a lot of violence gore. I love tension. I love, yeah. you know, that the kind psychological of more. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm much more interested in that. Not to say that that makes me superior than other people. That's just my particular interest. But we do love fucking violence. And we also, let's be very clear here. We are very puritanical when it comes to sex and nudity. Like, we will let children watch things that are violent. Again, go back to the cartoons we watched growing up. You can get an R rating for nipples, but not for having people murder. To be
1: fair, have you seen a nipple? they're fucking scandalizing lady nipples let's be clear okay male nipples you're
0: not gonna get an r rating for I,
1: i will say my mother was talking about a show she watched in hbo not long ago and she was talking about whatever the show was apparently it was like dick galore like she kept seeing a lot of dicks and she found that very bothersome that it was so like brazen and there were a couple other things about it that were just she didn't like how brazen it was in the sex but she was very kind of like huh about how penis it was. But if
0: people have been beating each other up she
1: wouldn't have thought. I, well and my thing with it though was cause I even kind of was like you know trying to be like well but and I was like I'm fine with that and she was kind of Whoa. and I'm like see. It's fair. Well yeah I'm like <laughs> we see time. nipples and vaginas yeah. vulvas eh.
0: Yes, cause uh, someone's yeah, cause I'm gonna
1: hear shit from someone I know um. Mons pubis, <laughs> Right.
0: Is that the plural pubis? Pubis.
1: <laughs> As a former Latin student, I should know. But I don't.
0: But yeah, Damn I'm like, it. we
1: see titties and vaginas and pussies and the all bar. that stuff constantly. <laughs> I I So it. I'm totally fine yeah. with, you know, I'm like, those things are naturally occurring yeah. in nature too. People have penises. Yeah. Why
0: should that be like... <gasps> They shouldn't be expected to show up at women. No, I'm all on yeah. board, and not because I for, found it... Further,
1: a, further, you know, also throwing in the whole, like, it's normal for us to sexualize women, and for that to be how women are seen, and right. for that to be standard, but dudes,
0: nah. Well, and I, I am all about it, not because I find it arousing, because to be quite honest, like, staring at some dude's little dick, I'm like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. It's, I'm a pervert,
1: <laughs> so I love it, but... That's neither here nor there.
0: I don't, like, it's just a It's just a thing. Like, right. I'm like, oh, look. But I get excited because I'm like, thank God we're seeing dicks. because that, I've That's been totally seeing, my thing. Yeah. And I'm like... I've been seeing ladies' tits and pubes for years. It's about fucking time those guys whip it out. That
1: is what feminism is about. Equal representation of all genitalia.
0: I'm going to see as many dicks <laughs> as I see vulva. God damn. damn it. And now that's a completely different subject. Now, That is considered inappropriate. Right. But other... Forms of violence are considered completely acceptable. So there was one statistic that I found that said when a child becomes a legal adult, they will have seen 16,000 assassinations and 200,000 acts of violence on television. And we already talked about what you see via uh, cartoons. Uh, So that is astonishing to us that we embrace violence on a regular basis. We consider it normal. Sometimes we even cheer it on in terms of like vigilante justice. Um, But um, other... Like, sexuality is considered bad and, yeah. and, and... Ew. Right. So, a separate issue. But the fact of the matter That's is,
1: something you do with your loved right. ones in private. Right. But murder? Right. That's for Sex everyone. Sex is shameful.
0: Yeah. But violence is glorious. Yes. Um, and, uh, so in mass shootings in which a mass shooting is defined as a situation in which at least four people are killed with guns because we were talking before about how many, 54% were committed by intimate partners or family. So more often than not, they occur between people who know each other. It's rarer for people to go kill indiscriminately people that they don't know. So domestic violence actually plays a pivotal role in over yeah. half of the cases. So that's again something else ties, that needs to be looked and at. And that
1: ties back to my, you know, thing about the family annihilators before.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, again, this idea of someone walking down the street and killing strangers. Yeah. Even in the case in Dayton, he killed his sister.
1: Yeah. I mean, There's it, something it's, else going it's, yeah, on there. It started with an intimate family
0: connection. Right. Now, we don't know the whole story, and I'm not going to speculate because I, I don't want to just create wild yeah. conspiracy theories, but at the end of the day, she was a victim as well. So yeah. something else is happening yeah. here. And that is often the case is that it starts with domestic violence and it escalates to that in over half the cases. Yeah.
1: Well, in the
0: Sandy Hook, he shot his mother first. Yeah, and then,
1: yeah, I mean it, it seems to be a branch. Yeah toward threats.
0: Yes. Now, I do have to say that there has been, in studies, they've not found a direct correlation between consumption of violent media and violent crime. Because, again, that would be, if I, if, I, if I'm going to make the claim that you can't blame violent video games for creating violent, it would be pretty hypoc- hypocritical of me to turn around and say but you can blame media. Yeah. Although those are two different things, because you're talking about one that's portraying animated fake violence yeah. to actual real death i do think those things have a different impact they
1: I, I would agree so
0: i don't think you can lump them into because me seeing something that i know is fake is going to impact me differently than seeing something that i know is absolutely real yeah. i can watch fake murder and slaughter and you could also argue you could
1: also argue depending on your age you know when you're younger
0: Right, you don't know the difference. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna say differentiating those things isn't always as easy.
0: Right, so you are exposed to if you are exposed to it at a young age, perhaps you become desensitized yeah. to it. So even if you're seeing uh, fictionalized versions of it when you're a kid, it can still perhaps wear away. But I mean, fuck, I remember seeing a binging movie when I was a kid where somebody kicked his girlfriend across the floor, and I wept on my mother for like God. twenty minutes because I was up. So, So even though I knew it wasn't real, I couldn't stop crying over it. Yeah. You know, now if I see something like that, it would still bother me, but at least I have that little voice in my head that says it's not real, so I would be okay with it. It didn't happen. However, if I saw it in real life, I would have the same reaction. I would weep. Yeah. Not on my mother, but I would weep. (laughs) Presumably Uh, not. That would be weird at this stage. So I do think that you can become, I would argue that you can become desensitized to fictionalized violence. But that doesn't necessarily mean that when you see real violence, you're not still going to be impacted by it. Because when I've seen things that I know are real, I'm still... I don't want to watch those videos that we talked about. I don't want to see it because I know I'm going to find it very disturbing because they're fucking real. And I can... And that's sort of the same thing. I can be desensitized
1: to uh, the concept that it happened. Like, I can watch the news and watch them talk about it and even see... God, saying this out loud makes me hate myself a little... (laughs) See the pictures of the people that were injured, that were killed, and be kind of like, okay, I don't know them. They're still, it's still. They still
0: don't feel real. Yeah, it doesn't
1: feel real. Yeah, but yeah, seeing a video of that same thing, something that I was horribly, you know, like not as affected or desensitized by seeing the actual video of it. Yeah, would be that would be devastating. Yeah,
0: yeah, and so I do think that. Yes, I think there's a desensitization that is at play, but I think that you, when you know something's fictional, that you can get to a point where you're like, nah, it's okay. I know it's not real, so it's fine. When you know it's real, it's a completely different story. So I don't think that just because you can read about stuff or watch violent movies where you know stuff isn't real and it doesn't bother you anymore, that that means that you know you're numb to any kind of pain or trauma. I don't think that's true at all. You're just used to that kind of imagery being portrayed on on television or in books. And I mean, and you can,
1: for lack of a better example, you know, they talk about people that have like, you know, porn obsessions and things and they get into watching, you know, violent sexual pornography and things like that. There are people that are into that, like, which comes first kind of thing. Like, is that what they were into because they had that desire to actually do that stuff? Or does it watching that lead to it that? But at the I mean, you you have plenty of people who watch things like that and you, you can question how their brain works anyway. But they know it's not real and the idea of doing that to like they would be aware that actually doing that would be a horrible thing.
0: Well what I've So heard you know with there's pornog- that
1: disconnect. Right.
0: Well with pornography what I've heard more often than not is not necessarily like the violent side of it. It's more like they find because they can see whatever kink they want online that they find like real life sex to not be as satisfying because it's not as over the top, exotic yeah. or unusual but i've never heard anything in in regards to like increasing the violent nature of their sexuality it just means that but that's also an addiction thing so it's that's just true like too. yeah so that addiction is a completely different beast because it's the same thing with alcohol like if you 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 need more and more you need to raise the stakes yeah. right or any kind of drug you need to yeah. keep having more of it to get the same high to like i was only into seeing
1: two goats having sex but now i need
0: five goats and six elephants like yeah what kind of fucking porn do you. Watch?
1: I don't know. I just, Zoo
0: porn. It's just it's just an example. Is that is that a genre of porn? Zoo porn? Yes. Oh, I shouldn't have fucking asked. What is it? Rule 34 is that is if you think it it exists in in a porn, Something pornographic form. Like yeah. porn? I shouldn't have yeah. fucking asked. Anyway. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Okay. Well, I know that there's obviously like bestiality, but I didn't know if there was like animal on animal porn. I don't... You know what? This is a rabbit hole. I am not interested in diving down right now. So we're just going to back... <laughs> That's I'm, fair. I'm backing away. Yeah. I'm backing away. That'll uh, be a
1: discussion for later. Will it? I <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> it have to be.
0: It's nothing sacred. All right, no. so... <laughs> fuck. No. All right, so while no direct correlation has been made between consumption of violent media and violent crime... Many studies have included that there is an increase in aggression, including aggressive behavior. So, does that mean that someone watching a shooting on TV is going to turn around your shooting? Maybe not, but it could perhaps increase, increase, or increase. So, you talk about porn. Yeah. <laughs> it could possibly increase the aggressive behavior they have towards others. Yeah, and, and, you
1: know, when I found that little blurb, it was one of the, you know, like, is that in people that already had aggressive behavior and it just increases it? Or is it someone who didn't have aggressive behaviors and suddenly it sprouted out of nowhere? Like I have a really hard time believing that it's going
0: to generate aggression in someone who didn't have aggression. It seems unlikely
1: that it would be, you know, that there wasn't something organic there already. I think
0: there's a layering effect. I think people who don't have those tendencies, are not going to have them created through exposure. Right. I think people who are already leaning in that direction can be pushed further in that direction through exactly. exposure to certain that's things. that's my thinking. So, like, when you look at the commonalities that people have, these are people who already had problems, and so exposure to certain things may have increased those problems. Right. But I don't think they created them. But I'm not an expert, so what the fuck do <laughs> I know? But let's face it, the United States loves violence. If you look at what we look at in terms of entertainment, what we play, what we watch, what we read, what we enjoy, that is something that we embrace. Has that led to these types of things? I don't know. I didn't really actually see a whole lot there that talked about it. So I'm kind of drawing my own conclusions. Yeah, I'm going to say
1: again, everything I saw was kind of like a open-ended, like... Uh, is is this what's happening? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's hard to test this. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I can't
1: imagine being a person like everything I read that was like, you know, multiple studies this and multiple studies yeah. that. And it's one of those, like, part of me wanted to be like, what a thankless fucking job. Like, we're literally spending our lives researching a thing that you can't.
0: You can you, never, you group. can't come to a conclusion Unless you're on You're it, gonna it's like not. adopt a bunch of babies and have a control group that is raised in one setting and another control group that you're going to expose to terrible, like it would ha- it would be unethical which, and illegal. in And yeah, order I'm say, to prove which it. you know, they did something similar to that,
1: you know, like at one in the time, 60s yeah.
0: and 70s. And there's a reason we're not supposed to do yeah, that anymore. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. And then even still, like stuff that they did with monkeys and still made me feel bad. Yeah. And those were monkeys, so uh. It's really hard to prove this shit because the things that you would have to do to prove it would be completely... Yeah, it would be... Unethical It would be horrifying to, you know, to put that together. That's why we have to play these absurd guessing games and try to figure it out. So we have to look at patterns. We have to look at commonalities. At the end of the day, can we prevent this? Well, there are some theories on things that we can do. One of them is that we can deprive these shooters of means, which means more security and police presence... Um, and even in Dayton, they had that, right? Like, they have people who regularly patrol yeah, which is, the Oregon District. As we which stated why, earlier,
1: why the response time was so quick.
0: Within seconds. Yeah. And still, 38 people. 38 people. 9 killed, 27 injured. Yeah. 38 seconds. Yes, that helps. But to what degree when you have weapons that can spray bullets into a crowd yeah i'm gonna so say quickly.
1: that can kill a person a second
0: right other things uh stricter gun laws like permit to purchase kind of like what i was talking about before like the same like why don't we have to go through the same process to get right. a gun like we do a driver's license background checks which again right after the shootings even the president of the united states was saying that was a good thing and he's already backed off on that particular stance safe storage we've talked about as well um, maybe there needs to be insurance requirements that if you're going to own a weapon, you also have to have storage and like home visits, liable. you have
1: home visits, you have to show, you know, where your weapons are stored and
0: you have to have, you know, a, a, you have to have insurance on your weapon, just like you do on your car, right. you have to prove that you have a safe or something to store it in. Uh, red flag laws, which was something else that I heard um, being spoken about after the, the El Paso and Dayton shootings, which I hadn't heard before. I've yeah, never heard that one before. Right, I had to look it up. They allow authorities to seize weapons from someone they deem a threat to themselves or others. That's problematic because how, who gets to who determine that? Who makes that decision, that yeah. and, Right, and how do they do that? So on one hand, I'm like, yes, that's good. Let's take weapons away from people who are very clearly going to abuse that ownership. But who gets to make that determination? Yeah. Uh, and it's and not
1: that easy to see to decide who is the real danger right? with that. So uh,
0: we, yeah, I mean, like, let's say I have a gun, and, and the government decides that I'm a threat to the government because I have soci- socialist ideology. Yeah. So I'm a threat to others. Well, yeah, I'm going to
1: say, and their authorities is that individual police, like you know, and then you run into
0: is it or is it mental health? Like, who gets to choose? Yeah. So it's it's good in theory incredibly complicated to put into practice that's,
1: that's one of those slippery slope ones i'm gonna it is throw a slippery that slippery slope, slope thing. yeah
0: yeah it is a slippery slope
1: i don't think we've said that during this and make i feel like slippery slope is something that's generally used in reference to gun stuff frequently so
0: it's well, yeah i'm it proud is. of
1: us that we got this yes. far without saying slippery. And, slope.
0: and oftentimes that argument is a fallacy like people exaggerate the right. the, the likely things in order to yeah. make people afraid like with gay marriage, people are like, "Oh, if we allow two men to get married, what's next? Are we going to allow people to marry their goats?" And it's like, "Well, if the goat consents, is right. okay? I don't know."
1: Also, the concern that you know you assume that that means, like, "Cool, if those people get married now, I can legally fuck my animals." Like, right? That's always kind of concerning. Those are two like, separate. Why things. is that where your brain goes immediately, but, sir?
0: Why are you assuming that's the next yeah. step here? What does that say about you? Somebody
1: go check this man's farm.
0: Exactly. So. A lot of times the slippery slope is, is a fallacy where yeah. someone's trying to make people afraid of taking a particular action. But there are sometimes slippery slope. You gotta you have to take into consideration yeah. how could this go wrong. If the right people aren't in charge, and let's face it, when people get power, yeah. they have a chance. To- and how do you know who the right people are? Because, yes, when people right. get power, as we've discussed previously. Yes. Good people with power are ennobled. Bad people with power use it. And abuse it. Yeah. So if you are giving the wrong person power, they're not going to do the right thing with it. Right. Um, As we've said before, you need to deprive people of notoriety and publicity, which is why there's a whole don't name them movement. There's an entire organization actually that talks about this as well. Do not like or share images and videos from scenes or shooters. Yeah. Facebook. Do not share videos from scenes, please. Also hold tech companies, uh, I I wrote hold tech companies, company, (laughs) I had a brain fart there, um, hold them responsible when they facilitate mass violence. So they need to be held accountable when they are not taking control of the stuff that's put out there that is, is feeding into this, uh, proactive violence prevention starts with schools, colleges, churches, and employers initiating conversations about mental health and establishing systems for identifying individuals in crisis. Reporting concerns and reaching out, not with punitive measures, but with resources and long-term intervention. Everyone should be trained to recognize the signs of crisis. And that is a direct quote, so I can give credit where credit is due. The very first thing I looked at was an LA Times article that talked, it was written by people who had been looking at shootings over uh, mass shootings for a number of years and were looking at commonalities and also discussing preventative measures. Again, that will be listed in our sources, but that is what they said. That is one of the things that they listed and things that we can do to prevent it based on all the research that they've done. And
1: off of that, I would, you know, training people to recognize the signs of crisis and kind of goes along with the see, see something, say something. Yes. And there's, a, you know, a lot of that, you know, I don't want to say anything because what if I'm wrong? Right. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to get this person in trouble,
0: yeah, well, so and so,
1: you run into stuff like that too, where it's like you know, like I could be
0: completely I don't want to be... off the rails, and you know, and you snitches know. get stitches, so you don't, right. <laughs> you well, don't yeah, and you don't, you know, I mean, like oh, it's
1: Jim. Jim right. wouldn't
0: actually do that, like huh. no, Jim's
1: really fucked
0: up, but no, but I understand, like you, you don't want to get someone in trouble if they don't deserve it, especially so
1: for something like that, where it's you know, especially in this society where everything is so media based, it's like you know, kind of. Once it's said, it's it it doesn't go away.
0: Yeah, you have to be very careful. Yeah, so it's like
1: you know, like well, I thought maybe he was gonna blow everyone at work away, and it
0: turned out I was wrong. But now he can't get a job in the in the the true crime community, especially people who kind of consider them internet detectives. Like there are certain places where they have very strict rules about you not naming people in public. Like you do if you think you've put pieces together and you have a suspect, you do not name them until something is official, because you could ruin that person's life right. with speculation so I understand that hesitancy to, to do something to ruin another person's life because you're just a little bit suspicious yeah. at the same time they're being a little
1: bit stranger than usual right like,
0: at, at the same time I remember after the Dayton shooting, people talking about how they, well, there, were, again, we mentioned how in high school he'd had like a kill list and he'd had a rape list. And he'd been
1: expelled, but obviously that wasn't permanent. Well, I
0: think he, yeah, I think he was simply suspended. Yeah. Or he was expelled. And they like, I don't know how it was. Yeah, he, works.
1: he went, but I mean, he graduated from there.
0: So at some point they decided, like, oh, well, he's over that. And But I think that someone, I had seen something else that he even mentioned that they had, um, Reported him or expressed concerns, something, but I, I, I don't remember, I don't have yeah. it in front of me, but there were some concerns, there were flags, there were people right. who had done stuff, so it still didn't have the intended effect, so that's even a bit of, prob- of a problem, because right. it didn't have the preventative effect that it was supposed to. And then lastly, media needs to be more responsible in their reporting to avoid creating a contagion effect which we've already mentioned before. Uh, again, don't name them organization. Right.
1: Don't name them, name the victims.
0: right. Uh, so those are things that and could, survivors. could potentially uh, prevent it but it, it, these are these are not clear-cut and easy solutions. This is not anyone who tells you that they have a single solution for this is as we mentioned in the beginning, yeah. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It is not just mental health. It is not just guns. It is yeah. so complicated that none of us have a clear-cut answer. I may have opinions on what I think can help, but at the end of the day, I recognize that all of those measures are still flawed, yeah. and these things will probably still happen anyway. Like, literally,
1: like the only, like, you know, like,
0: ah, here's a foolproof
1: solution is to somehow, all at once, wipe the entire world of guns. Yeah, like I'm not aware of any <laughs> way that you could do that. Minus like a really big magnet
0: or um digging up a like a bottle in an Arabian desert and finding a genie that you could. But you know, from what I from what I've seen or read of stories of genies, they find a way to fuck you in the end. So like even if you were to make that request, they would put an ironic twist on it that would end That's up That's a very you. interesting
1: <laughs> idea though. And I will remember that for my first wish if I ever have a genie.
0: There you go. Get rid of all the guns. All the guns. But again, as I just said, you ha- they're tricksters. Oh, but that won't happen to they- me. Oh, no. you're right. You're uh, you're exceptional. You're above it all. Yeah. You're smarter than everyone else. I'm not going to be tricked
1: by that genie.
0: No. No, no, no. Because no. you're special and smarter than everyone else. So you'll Especially be fine. Especially
1: <laughs> a guy who lives in a bottle.
0: <laughs> Fucking. What, is he- tr- what does he know? <laughs> you big bottle dummy. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Have you seen the new Aladdin? By the way, I, I have not. heard it was good. I thought it was supposed to be a giant shit show, but I heard it saw wasn't. It, and said it was good. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna end on a high note. Yeah, I'm gonna Apparently. say we're gonna, we're ending <laughs> on Aladdin. Genie in a bottle, baby, or little Chrissy Aguilera. <laughs> oh dear. I cannot possibly attempt to sing like her, and I don't even remember. I was the like, please words. don't. I will not. I will not. I will swear. That is my my gift to everyone. Yeah. That is the real
1: positive end note of this, that she's not going to sing Christina Aguilar.
0: I will not. I, will, I actually kind of did a little bit, but it was... I mean, it was really you dark. stopped. I did, and I don't think it was the right words or the right rhythm, so it's fine. <laughs> eh. All right, it's so uh, at the end of the day, we have no fucking answers. We've, we've looked into it and discussed it for almost two hours now, which is why I think this is probably going to be a two-parter. Yep. <laughs> so... Um, I hope maybe we've dispelled some myths and opened you up to uh, different ideas and arguments and why there is no single perfect solution and and why there are a lot of things that need to be addressed, not just one or two, that there's not one or two things that you can magically change to cure this because it's it's much bigger than that. So, um, but of course, remember, it's not a competition. We are all fucked up. Uh, Goodbye. Bye. We are not scientists, medical professionals, or mental health experts. We are simply two people interested in discussing a topic that affects everyone, either directly or indirectly. We are not expressing expert opinions, and anything we say should not replace medical advice or treatment. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, especially if you are thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please seek the help of a mental health or medical professional. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. You can also chat with them online. Take care. My Asshole Brain was written and hosted by Amanda Green and Stephanie Coons. Artwork by Doug Tolls. produced by Stephen Beasley, and presented by Greasley Enterprises. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.